This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll be beginning in verse 13 today. Um, I want to remind us again, 1 Peter is written to us as Christians as strangers and aliens. We are like exiles. We are citizens of another kingdom, and our king is coming. And so we are, in reality, like dual citizens. We're citizens of a kingdom that is to come, yet we're also citizens here on earth of a country, of the United States, of uh, uh, Illinois, of uh, uh, Bond County. Um, we're, we're, we're citizens here on earth, and we have a citizenship in heaven. Now, if we are, as Peter says, to live like strangers and aliens, then how do we relate to our other citizenship? That's the question that Peter answers right here in this text. Now, dealing with a text like this um, puts me in a bit of an awkward position, um, because it, it can tend to get kind of political. And I hate to talk about politics from the pub, pub, pulpit. <laughs> I want to lift up Jesus. I want to lift up the gospel. I don't want to come up and talk about politics. But when it's in the text, that's why I preach through books of the Bible. Because when you come to a text that you would normally not pick to talk about a certain topic, you got to deal with it. And so we come to a text that, uh, that talks about government, that talks about how as Christians we're to be faithful, living under human government. So let's look at our text. Beginning in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, Honor the emperor. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Your word is like a sword that does surgery upon our hearts. Let it do its work this morning. Father, If we never read across places that that annoy us, that bug us, then, Lord, we're not even listening. Lord, this morning, this, this is a text that might provoke us. But, Lord, help us to hear it from you. Lord, help me to be faithful. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that what I would say this morning would be your word that it would be an explanation of what you say in your word and not just my own opinion. 
Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. These are words that in our day today, we might not like, aren't they? He tells us, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. And that's talking about government. We live in an era that is very politically divided. We may not like who's at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., We may not like who's in the governor's mansion in the state of Illinois. I don't know what everybody's position is, but I can kind of guess. I can imagine that as Peter wrote this, he knew about emperors like Nero, like Diocletian, like other emperors that persecuted Christians that cast Christians out of the city of Rome. Uh, He knew that there was persecution that was coming from the state. And yet, he wrote these words, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. And in case we wonder what he means by every human institution, he then spells it out. He says, whether it be to emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. The Christian citizen is to, for the most part, I give a little bit of a qualification there. Insofar as we can, we are to live as good citizens obeying the law. Um, this does, is not a blanket statement saying that we always have to obey everything the government says because we think of Peter. Uh, I'm sorry, not Peter. Yeah, it was Peter and John as they were um, uh, in the book of Acts and they were told to stop preaching the gospel. And Peter responded, you know, who are we but to obey God? We must obey God rather than man. Okay, And if, if the government tells us we were to bow down and worship Caesar, to burn incense to Caesar, we will obey God rather than man. We must not uh, do something when the government cause, is asking us to actually sin. But except for those cases, when the government gives us uh, commands, even sometimes when they don't make sense to us, if they're not calling us to sin, then Peter here tells us that we're to be subject to every institution. As he says to the emperor here in the United States, we do not have an emperor. Instead, we have a president. And we have a legislature consisting of the House and the Senate. And we have uh, judges. And, and, and whenever it says here, um, to governors as sent to them by them by him to punish those who do good and um, punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Um, he's not talking about governors as we think of them, like a governor of a state. But he's talking about those who are stewards under the authority of the emperor. So um, we're talking about all the bureaucratic administration we might think in our society. That may mean things that we don't like. 
farmers. We may think in this terms of the EPA. We may think in terms of, of other uh, uh, of departments that, that, we, we, that are, are uh, lower branches uh, or lower uh, bureaucra- bureaucracies under the government. Also, you know, it says those who punish those who do evil and praise those who do the same, we might do good. We might think of the police department. Um, we obey the laws that God has, uh, that, that, that man has made insofar as it doesn't cause us to sin. Now, why does he ask us to do this? Why does he ask us to do this? It's answered in verse 13, in the very beginning. Be subject for the Lord's sake. We don't do this just so we can go along and get along. We don't do this uh, just so that um, uh, because the governing authorities are right in what they do, necessarily. We do this for the Lord's sake. We do it for the Lord's sake. Because as we obey the government, we're obeying Him. Insofar as they're not asking us to sin. I'll tell you right now, as I approach this text, I feel there are many who may think, let's not have him back again. (laughs) These are things that really don't come natural to us. But like I said in my prayer, I want to be faithful to God's word and not just my opinion. And I can't get around it. This is what the text is telling us. Now, It doesn't really make sense to us. We understand whenever the text tells us to punish those who do evil. We think of the police department and someone who arrests someone who has committed theft or murder or or assault or something like that. We understand punishing those who do evil, but something that's kind of foreign to our culture is this whole idea of praising those who do good. When was the last time a police officer pulled you over to let you know how good of a driver you were being? That's not the way it works, is it? But in the ancient world, um, in the Greek society here, um, one of the things that might happen is if someone was a good citizen and and, and was maybe uh, wealthy and a benefactor who would would do things to serve their community, they would maybe give money towards causes, then the government might make a statue for the person to praise them. And that's maybe the idea that we have here. Um, So... Well, next, next up. Then he says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. We have here at the beginning of verse 15, For this is the will of God. It's, it is kind of stuck between two things, and it, it might function... Um, the question we have to ask is, is this, for, is this, for this is the will of God, is it asked, talking about what came before or is it talking about what came after it? Let's consider both options. Here it says, for this is the will of God. Now, is it the will of God that we are subject to, the Lord, to uh, every human institution for the Lord's sake? Is that what he's saying? Be subject to every uh, institution for the Lord's sake? 
for this is the will of God. Or, as the punctuation has it in my Bible, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you shall put to shame, uh, put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. I think um, there could be good arguments on both sides. It is God's will that we be subject to the government. But I think here, uh, and and, uh, I think the the translators here, um, in my particular version, um, place it with the second part. And I think that's right. It's God's will that by doing good, by being good citizens, by obeying the government when they're not asking us to sin, that we should silence, put to silence, those the, the ignorance of foolish people. Now, what is this talking about? Um, those on the outside world, those who are lost, secular people, they will look at Christians and they will criticize us and they will call us all kinds of things. They'll call us hateful bigots because we believe what the Bible says about sexuality. They'll call us all kinds of things. But one thing I think that Peter here is saying is we already know they're going to call us all kinds of names because of where we stand on sexual ethics. We already know they're going to call us all kinds of things because we believe in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. You know, Corinthians tells us that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. They're going to call us fools because we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But in spite of all the accusations that come from our, cult, from our culture, we'll put that to silence because we're going to live as good citizens. Does that make sense? He wants us, God's will is for us to live as good citizens, to, to obey the laws so that when other people look at us and they might accuse us for holding to biblical morality, they'll be put to silence. Because of how good citizens we are. Verse 16. He says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Here, Peter here is reminding us we are free. Jesus has saved us. He set us free from sin. And also, we are free. We live under God's law, not under the laws of man. But sometimes, living under God's law, being free in Christ, means that we sometimes willingly, voluntarily, for the Lord's sake, don't demand our freedoms. We humble ourselves, just like Jesus did. Jesus was in heaven with the Father, and yet he left heaven, came and lived among human beings, and was crucified by the Romans. And when we give up our own rights, when we don't demand things for ourselves that sometimes even don't make sense to us, what the government's asking us to do, then we're following Jesus' example. We're living as free people, knowing we're free under God. And that's also an accusation that we sometimes might hear. 
when we think about religious liberty these days, and there was a big court case that just came out this week. Maybe you heard about it. Supreme Court came out 9-0 to zero in favor of uh, uh, Catholic Charities in Philadelphia. Um, Catholic Charities in Philadelphia were told by the government there they could uh, not um, place children in foster care any longer um, because they would not place children in the homes of homosexual couples. Um, and this case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And this week, um, the, the court found in favor of the Catholic charities there. Um, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But the accusation coming from the lost world at us is saying, uh, they, they, they accuse us saying, uh, well, don't you care about children more than this. They're, they're saying we don't care enough about children and then replace them in whatever you know, home is available. Whereas Catholic Charities, their, their, their argument is we believe in marriage as the union of a man and a woman. We believe that children need to have a father and a mother. And so um, we believe that would be the best home for children. And we're not going to you know, it will be happy to refer you to some other company, but we we can't do that and remain faithful to what we believe from the Bible. We get accusations from those on the outside, um, and they say we're just covering up. We talk about religious freedom. This is a religious freedom issue. And they, they put religious freedom in something like scare quotes. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll say, oh, they say it's religious freedom, but really we all know they're just discriminating, is the way they'll put it. Here, the text says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but, for, but living as servants of God. That's not what we're doing, what the watching world says we're doing. We're not using our freedom as a cover-up for doing evil. No, we're being faithful to God in those situations. Finally, verse 17. I'm glad this is a short text. Verse 17. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. God has called us to honor everyone. Every single human being, whether it's a president that we don't agree with or whether it's someone we do agree with. Every single human person is created in the image of God. Every single human being is worthy of dignity and respect because we are created in the image of God. And so here, Peter tells us, honor everyone. We're not to be dishonoring to people. We're not to make fun of people. But instead, we're to honor everyone. Here it also says, love the brotherhood. The way we relate to everyone, that is including the lost world, is we honor them. But there's a special relationship we have with other believers. We love the brotherhood. That's something he talked about in chapter 1. In chapter 1, he said, Since you've been born again, not of imperish... I'm sorry, back up. 
having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly. He's already told us we love one another as Christians. And so we have a different relationship between believers and then everyone else. We honor everyone because they're created in the image of God. But we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Then he tells us, fear God. Fear God. He's repeating a theme that he's already talked about that we we talked about a few weeks back. Um, Verse 17. And if you call on him as as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. We're to fear God. So we honor everybody. We love our brothers. We fear God. But you know what? We, we often hear in the Bible, fear not, fear not, fear not, right? The Bible says 365 times throughout the whole Bible, fear not, or some variation of it. We're not to be afraid, but when God's telling us that, he's saying, don't be afraid of man. Don't be afraid of what people can do to you. But here he says, fear God. We are to fear God, not man. We're to fear God. And then he says, Honor the emperor. Notice there's a difference here. We're to fear God, but we honor the emperor. He says the same word for everyone as he does for the emperor. Doesn't he? We fear, we, we fear God. We're not to fear the emperor. We're not to fear the government. We're not to fear the president. We're not to fear what people can do to us. But we honor those whom honor is due. An application here, which I, 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 I feel very awkward making this application, but here it tells us, honor the emperor. As I have been a dish technician, I drive all over southern, southern Illinois installing dishes, and I often see this sign in front of houses. You've seen them too. It says, our governor's last name, and then there's a verb next to it. I won't say the verb here, but we all know what it is. Brothers and sisters, the Bible calls us as Christians to honor the governing authorities. Um, For the sake of the Lord, For our witness sake, um, I urge people, and this is an application from Scripture, I urge people, don't put up that sign. (laughs) Maybe it's too late, and I don't mean to step on toes. I haven't been to anyone's house looking outside of it. (laughs) For our witness sake, the Bible commands us to fear God and to honor God those who are governing authorities. Now, finally, when it comes to this, um, you know, the preacher says finally and everybody starts to grab their stuff and think, oh, he's wrapping up now. But I've actually got two finally. So, <laughs> so uh, I said finally, but it's not really finally. Um <laughs> Finally. 
One thing we have to consider here, there is a difference between the government that the Romans lived under and the government that we have as the United States. The government the Romans had was an individual, a person, was the law. Caesar could say, this is what is to be done, and it had to be done. He was, he was the law. What is the highest law in our land? What, what is the highest authority? It's not the president. And it's not the Supreme Court. It's the Constitution, right? It's the Constitution. So the question might arise, is it right for the Christian to protest when the government is doing something outside of its authority? I will leave that to the individual conscience. Because we do live in a different situation than Peter did here. Whenever he's... Caesar is not some guy in Washington. Caesar is all of us when we vote. Um, so when, when we say that we're to be subject to every authority, we live in a different situation. And uh, I, I think there is room um, when the government uh, oppresses our religious freedom. In all the cases you can think about when, when um, churches were being closed and yet casinos were being allowed to stay open and things like that. We don't live under a human being that's the ruler today in America. We live under a constitution and there is a governmental process to go through. We can take things to court. We can do things like that. We should do so in gentleness and respect. So I think there is a place for that. Now, finally, now this is the last finally. This is the real finally, okay? <laughs> finally, all of what, uh, what this is saying, I think, is asking us to consider what Jesus did for us. I've already alluded to this. Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the highest authority. He is higher than any president, higher than any Congress, higher than any judge. He is higher than the highest emperor that has ever lived on the face of the earth. He left heaven and he submitted himself to a Roman cross so that we could live, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life. If I didn't talk about that, then all this that I've been saying is just legalism. But the truth is, Jesus did this all for us. He submitted himself to a Roman cross. He died and he rose again and he defeated death. So that if we trust in him, we can have eternal life. We will have our political opinions. We will have our disagreements with the government. We remember how Jesus submitted himself, being humble, being made a servant. And we follow in his steps. 
And ultimately, we place our faith in him and we fear God and not the government. Thank you.